asked me a couple weeks ago could I preach, and I told him I needed months. <laughs> but today you've got me, and I hope to be able to give you a word today that is truly going to change your life. I love this subject that I'm speaking on, so get out your notepad and your Bible. We're going to get ready. But first, before we do that, I want to just thank you for being here and to welcome you. Any first-time, second-time guests in the house? So good to have you. You'll get instructions later, but if you take your uh, your card and take it to the Welcome Center, you'll be able to get some gifts from us. So we're so thankful that you're here today. God bless you. Well, how many are excited about the Word? I love the Word, and I just feel like, like I said today, that God has something special. This is one of my favorite subjects to teach on. So I'm just asking if you would... Uh, let me be at home today. Can you do that? Can I just be at home like we're sitting around the table drinking coffee and I want to share my heart with you and some teaching maybe that you've never heard or maybe uh, some things that you've been dealing with. Maybe this will be the key to your breakthrough. Do you believe that today? Yeah. I've come expecting. I know my life has already been touched today. So get ready for the word. We are going to continue with victory over the darkness. How many enjoyed last week with Pastor Archie opening up his sermon? Powerful, some powerful, powerful things uh, that he said last week. But today's sermon is knowing your enemy and exercising your authority. Exercising your authority. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. Do not have the written word. We got your back. Um, we have it on the screen for you, or you can pull out your phone. Turn to that for us so that you can follow along. Verse 17 says, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, a little bit of background on that part of scripture, God has, Jesus has just sent out his disciples to spread the gospel, and they have come back and returned, they've seen incredible miracles, they've seen God do so much, and they're so excited, so they returned with joy, they're excited, they're smiling, they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name, and Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority, say authority, authority, to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all, say all, all. that word all means all, every single one of them, all power, all power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Isn't that great news? Yeah. Verse 20, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. He's saying, don't get prideful just because the demons were cast out. You need to be thankful today that your name is written. Yeah. Right? Your name is written in heaven. So, I want to just do a little bit of teaching on spirit, soul, and body before we get into the points this morning. So that you can maybe understand, just open up your brain this morning. Don't be offended. 
just open up your mind to hear what I have to say. Because some of you are very new in your Christian walk. Maybe you've never heard of this. But I'm going to give you some keys today that are going to bring freedom to your life. How many love freedom? There is such a powerful thing when you get a key and you realize the answer to something, right? That you've been praying for, maybe that you're walking through. So today I want to do that. I want to talk to you about spirit, soul, and body. We are beings. We are made up of a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. If you could picture, if I had a graph up here and I could write on a marker like a teacher, I would love to be able to show you, but I want you to picture it this morning. If I draw a big, if I draw a big circle with a medium circle inside of that, and inside of the medium circle, just the tiniest little circle, right in the middle. Right in the middle, the smallest little circle is your spirit. This is what you're made of, your spirit. Your spirit at salvation is perfect. You're born again. You're made new. You have new life. Life comes into you. The spirit of God comes into you. You invite him into your heart. You repent of your sin, and he's come to live in you. That's your spirit. It's made perfect instantly in that moment. Now, your soul is the, little, is the middle circle that surrounds the spirit. And your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, your soul, your spirit's perfect, but your soul is being saved every day. Every day I wake up, I have to submit my mind to the Lord. Lord, today I want to think like you. Today, Lord, I only want to think thoughts that line up with your word. My will, that means everything I want, everything that I desire. Lord, I want my desires to be your desires. Lord, work that out, right? I'm submitting my mind, my will, and my emotions, what I feel. Because sometimes we don't feel exactly what it is the right thing to feel. Amen. And so I have to wake up every day and say, Lord, I submit my mind, will, and my emotions to you. And I come under the authority of Jesus. The final circle is the body. And the body is being saved or will be saved at the second coming of Jesus. Okay, so you have, you're made up of what? Spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit's perfect at salvation. Your soul is being made perfect every day. I submit to the Lord, and my body will be saved. Now, I want you to write this down. A pastor said it last week, and I loved it. Um, Dutch Sheet says this. He says, the enemy does not operate from power but by permission. The enemy does not operate by power, but by permission. You say, what do you mean by permission? Well, the only place that the enemy has reign in your life are the areas that you give him the right to live. What you are saying can either deter the enemy or can attract the enemy. What you are watching can either attract the enemy or can deter the enemy. What you are listening to can either attract the enemy or it can deter the enemy. 
He does not have new tricks. He doesn't have new things up his sleeves. He has one thing that he has come to do in your life, and that is to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 10 tells us that. To steal, to kill, and destroy. He repeats the same attacks. He uses the ugly lies. He begins to speak things in our mind. And we have a choice at that moment. Are we going to believe the lie? Or are we going to have that thinking, that thought, come into submission to the word of God? Let's talk about strongholds. Let's talk about strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold often starts with pain. Maybe even in your childhood. Maybe some things you walked through as a child. Elementary school. High school. Pain is actually a gateway for the enemy. If you don't know what to do with it. If you don't know what to do with it. So the enemy uses pain. He starts us when we're at a young age and he begins to lie to us. I dealt with, with many lies from the enemy. I mean many lies, over, having to overcome all the time, trying to figure out. I married my husband and I call him Pastor Archie because truly he's been my pastor. He taught me how to overcome by the word. He taught me how to take the word and become an overcomer in my life. Things that I was never taught and I thought I just had to live with. I thought I just had to live with them on a daily basis. But that's what a stronghold is. It starts with pain. Maybe hurt, maybe betrayal. Someone walked out on you. Somebody stabbed you in the back. Disappointment. It makes, the, all these things make our heart fertile ground for seeds of lies to be planted. And the mind then I want you to get this in your, in your, maybe write this down, but the mind is the control center of your soul. It's the control center of your soul. I'm going to explain that. A stronghold starts in the mind, my thinking, my thinking processes. Then it moves quickly to my will. What is my will? My wants and desires. And it's at that place, at my will, that I have a choice to either accept the thought that is coming into my mind or reject it and submit it, take authority over it, and submit it to the Holy Spirit. It's my choice. You see, it's not a sin to get an ugly thought. It's not a sin to get a, a thought that, have you ever just been walking, you got a thought out of nowhere, like where did that come from? That's called a fiery dart. Read about it in Ephesians. It says the enemy is out and he throws fiery darts into our minds. And he sees which one are you going to take hold of because he is the father of lies. See, the enemy cannot tell the truth. He is a liar. The Bible calls him the father of lies. So it's not a sin to get the thought. What becomes a sin is when I begin to meditate on the lie of the enemy. Now follow me. Remember, it's at my will that I get to choose whether I'm going to receive this thought or I'm going to reject it and make it submit to the word of God. If I choose to meditate on the lie and I keep it in my heart 
I think on it day in, day in, day in and day, day out. Every morning, I think on this thing. It's in the back of my, nobody knows what I'm thinking. Nobody knows what I'm dealing with. If I begin to meditate on that lie long enough, it will begin to affect my emotions. Mind, will, emotions. And eventually, it will be acted upon and will come out in what I say and what I do. The Bible says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in your heart will eventually come out. Sometimes my kids will say something, I'll say, do you hear what you said? They said, oh, I didn't mean it like that. I said, if it was in your heart, right? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, one of my, one of my keys to overcoming the lies of the enemy. Write this in your notes. It tells us to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God by taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. That means when I get a thought, I must say this. Does this thought line up with the word of God? Amen. Is what I'm thinking on lining up with what God's word is saying. That's why it is, very, it is very, very important for you to know the word of God. It is not something that you need to keep on the coffee table. It's not something that you need to keep on your desk with dust on it. Let me tell you, that thing is your map. That thing is your freedom. That thing will set you free. The word of God is alive. It's sharp. And it will go and it will penetrate to all of those parts, all of those places where you're dealing with hurt, pain, betrayal. It'll go and it'll heal those places. Does that thought line up with the word of God? The enemy uses lies to control our life. John 8, 44 says that lying is his native language. In fact, if you are hearing a voice today from the enemy and he's lying to you or speaking to you, you can already rest assured that it's not going to happen. Why? Because he is a liar. He's a liar. Be aware of the strategies of Satan. The area that we don't have revelation or knowledge is the area that he will try to establish a stronghold. It's very important for you to understand how the enemy works. All Ephesians, if you ever wanted to study more about, it, about the enemy, Ephesians, um, I'm sure there's some other scriptures I could give you. Um, but Ephesians talks about you don't fight people, you fight spirits. A lot of times you think you're fighting your husband. Why are we always trying to fight? Why is there always a fight? Every time I turn around, there's always an argument. You're not fighting him. You're not fighting your wife. Listen, you're fighting a spirit that is trying to cause division among your family, and you must take authority over the lie and the enemy. I'm going to give you some gates right now that give access to the enemy in your life. Are you ready for this? Number one, rebellion. Disobedience, rebellion, is a gateway to the enemy in your life. 
Number two, drugs, alcohol, prescription medicine. Anything that will cause you to not be present, anything that causes you to not be sober-minded, it's an access, it's a gate for the enemy to come in. Number three, the occult. You say, oh, Lord, you're going there. Yes, I am. Occult, when you go and you read your horoscope, can I tell you, Christians, do not read your horoscope. Listen, the kingdom of God does not have, have the kingdom of God does not have relation with the kingdom of darkness. You cannot mix the two kingdoms. Don't go read your horoscope and post it on Facebook. When God is saying, I don't have my Bible up here, but he's saying here, this is your future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the past that I have for you, says the Lord. Don't mix the, mix the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of light. It will not mix. And you're inviting the enemy into your life when you try to do that. Tarot cards. Harry Potter. Yes, I said it. Pokemon. Be careful, mamas. Be careful, daddies, what you allow your, your babies to play with. I can tell you right now, you better know what they're watching on YouTube. You better know what they're playing with on Xbox. And I don't even know the newest ones. PlayStation, whatever they are. I'm telling you, the enemy has access, if you allow him, into your home through these devices. Number four is abuse of the tongue. Some of you say, I, I just can't control it. I just get angry. And I just say it. Abuse of the tongue. The things that you're saying over your own life, the things that you're saying over your spouse, the things that, that are coming out of your mouth about other people, you are giving, you are opening the gate to the enemy in your life by what you say. Yeah. Abuse of the tongue. The next one is fear. Fear. The Bible says what? Do not fear. He doesn't say when it gets scary, it's okay to fear then. He doesn't say when it looks bleak and, and, and you don't know what's going on, you don't know what's going to happen next week, your finances are falling apart, the world is crazy, you can't watch the news. He's saying do not fear, right? In this world, you will have trouble. He said that. But take heart. Because I've overcome the world. He's saying, do not fear. Can you trust him today? Do not fear. Fear is a gate to the enemy in your life. Because fear brings torment. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a gate. Forgiving someone or forgiving what they've done does not say that what they did was right. I want you to hear me. When you forgive someone, it is not saying that you are saying it was okay that they did that. It was wrong that they did that. However, you are opening up a gate to the enemy when you cannot forgive. Because the Bible says that God cannot forgive you unless you forgive. So in essence, you're opening up a prison wall in your own life when you allow forgiveness to come through. And you say I, that you don't know what I've been through. You don't know how hard it's been. Listen, 
I can't even imagine. But I can tell you this, by faith you can forgive. By faith, every day when I get up, I can forgive. Lord, I choose to forgive so-and-so today. Lord, help me to forgive. Because you will stay bound, you will stay chained up, you will stay locked up if you walk in unforgiveness. It is a gateway to the enemy. Let's talk about borders and boundaries. How do I prevent those things from coming into my life? How do I prevent the, the gates to be open for the enemy? You've got to put up some boundaries. You've got to put up some boundaries. It's crucial. It's not a question. You don't say, well, I'm okay. I, I'm strong. You know, like, I'm good. Like, I, I'm good. I can be around any atmosphere. I was delivered from alcohol, but I can still go to the bar, you know, because I'm good. I'm good. I, it doesn't affect me. I'm good. Listen, it's crucial for you to put up boundaries. It is crucial as you walk with the Lord. Holy Spirit will give you the boundaries that you need to put up in your life. We all need them for safety. How many of you put up little gates for your children when they started walking? Or maybe in their little their little thing that, what's it called? Your little, with the, they did their feet and they're all over the place. What is that? The little scooter thing. I can't think of it right now. The walker. You put up a gate so they couldn't go anywhere down the stairs and flip. You put up a gate so that they could stay in one area so that you could keep your eye on them. It's for safety. It's for protection. Our little dog, Cubby. Oh, I love him. Oh, he seriously has changed my whole life. I did not like dogs. I, I hated them. I mean, hate is a strong word. I don't like to use hate. But I disliked dogs. I mean, I got bit when I was little, and I'd get in the room with a dog, and I mean, fear would just grip me, and it just always took me back to that moment where I got hurt, right? And so the Lord delivered me from fear of dogs to cover. He's my little friend. He goes to bed with me. He wakes up with me. He don't sleep in my bed now. That's crossing the line. But um, I made my daughter get him and put him in his little crate. But I love Cubby. But I, when we were trying to train him to stay in our yard, we put those little shot collars. You know that little shot collar thing that they made? And it hurt my heart. I said, oh, my goodness, that's going to hurt him. It's going to kill him. It's going to kill him. Ethan said, Mama, no, it'll teach you, you know, to stay in the yard. You've got to do it. I mean, he's chasing squirrels three houses down, and I'm like, we cannot have Cubby out in the street. And so we, we, we put this little shot collar on him, and, you know, my heart, and, oh, Lord. I said, Ethan, when you do, if you have to do it, don't push it long. <laughs> he said, Mama, I've got it on the lowest setting. This is just a teaching. This is just, just a teaching. So he goes, and sure enough, he sees a bunny, and he takes off. And when he takes off and crosses that line to get into the street, Ethan hit the button. Beep, he said, ah! <laughs> I kid you not, right in midair. <laughs> he turned right around, and he came right back to the backyard where he was supposed to be. And I was thinking about this. I said, what if we had a Holy Ghost shot collar? And every time we got ready to do something that we weren't supposed to do. 
shocking me back. But we don't have that. We don't have that. Because he gives us free will to choose. But wouldn't it be grand? Boundaries and borders are crucial for your development. They bring protection to your life. It's very important, the people you hang out with. It's very important for you to look at your circle. We always told our kids, you know who you are when they walk out the door. You know who you are. Who, you are, who you're hanging out with, you're going to eventually do that, what they're doing. So you need to be careful with who you're hanging out with. Boundaries. Boundaries. They show us the right things to do, who to stay away from, what to stay away from. And when you live in the boundary of God's word, you will live in safety and prosperity. It might be hard at times. It might be hard. You've first given your heart to the Lord, and maybe your friends that you used to hang out with, you know, they're going out. You can't do it anymore. There's something on the inside of you. You, you say, Lord, I want to go, but there's, he's speaking to me. He's saying, don't go. Don't go. That's a boundary that he's trying to create in your life. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Listen, the word of God and the Holy Spirit are your guides for boundaries. People don't need to tell you their, the boundary. They don't need to put their boundary on you. God will let you know your boundaries if you know the word of God. Tradition of man. Don't listen to it. Find out what your boundaries are through the word of God by listening to the Holy Spirit. All right. Demons do exist. Do you believe that? Demons do exist. We've already talked about it. He comes, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So today I've come to call out the thief. What a part of your life is being stolen. What part of your life, it feels like it's a dead place. It feels like all the life has been taken out of it. Listen, that's the enemy. He's come to steal, kill, and ultimately he wants to destroy your life. Demons really do possess people. Remember, your spirit is perfect at salvation. It's your soul that can be oppressed by a demon or possessed by a demon. Because of the things you've walked through, the things that you've allowed in, your soul can be bound. I want to just show you this. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus is ministering to the crowd, and this father walks up to him very desperate. He's, they say in verse 17, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth. He becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they couldn't. Verse 19. He answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? He looked at the father and he said, bring him to me. Oh, this is so good. Verse 20, it says, then they brought 
him to him. And when he saw him, he immediately, the spirit convulsed in him. He fell on the ground and wallowed and began to foam at the mouth. Verse 21. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? Talking about the son. He said, from childhood. Verse 22. He said, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, he said, if you can do anything, Lord, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And verse 24 said, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. God is saying to you, today, do you believe that he can do it? Amen. He can set you free. He's given you the authority. He's given you the authority. I'm getting ready to show you how. As soon as, in verse 25, the demons begin to subject to the authority of who? The disciples? No. Who? To the Father? No. To who? Jesus. To Jesus. Verse 25. It says, when Jesus saw that the people came running, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Verse 26, the spirit cried out. It convulsed him greatly and came out of him. He became as one dead so that many said, he's dead. But Jesus looked at him and he said, by the, he lifted him by the hand and he, lift, he lifted him up and he said, arise. Yeah. He lifted him up. In that moment when the demon came out, it was as if the boy was dead. But Jesus lifted him up and he arose. Verse 28, it says, we had come into the house. The disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast out the demon? In verse 29, Jesus says to him, because this kind can only come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. How many of you have been believing for things in your life? How many of you are believing things for your family, your marriage, your children? And it's like you hit this wall and it feels like you go backwards. It's like you take one step and the enemy pushes you back three. It's like every single time it feels like there's a fight. Can I tell you today that you can take authority in the name of Jesus? Come on, it's not in my name. It's not in Brick's Church's name. It's in the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. He can set you free. And I can tell you today that if you're not added fasting with your prayer, that is something that you need to do. The enemy will try to get you to eat all day. He'll make your stomach growl more than it's ever growled. That day that you choose to fast, woo, let me tell you, you'll have pains everywhere in your feet. Your fingers will look good. But can I tell you, if you'll stick to it and you'll push back the plate, God will say, listen, I'll give you ears to hear me. Whatever your need is, begin to fast and pray. Begin to fast and pray. But guess what? When we accepted Jesus into our heart, we became one with him. 
So I'm getting ready to tell you the good part. Yeah. Ready to hear the good part? This is the part in the book, or this is the part in the movie where the music starts to rise, and it's the climax of the story. Are you ready? Yeah. He has given you the same authority in his name. In his name. That means you don't have to wake up every morning and fear. You don't have to wake up every morning and be angry. You don't have to wake up and be in despair and downtrodden. Listen, you have authority... In the name of Jesus, you can overcome the anger. You can overcome the fear. And I'm going to tell you how. Through the name of Jesus. Through the name of Jesus. We've been given authority over demons. Luke 10, 18 and 19 says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you, he's talking to you and me and the disciples. He says, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. Nothing. This is the part where you need to be shouting. This is the part where you need to say, okay, God, you've given me the key. I sat back in the back room today and I was praying in that room by myself. I said, Lord, if I don't do anything but give them a key, that's all I want to do. I just want to give them a key. You have the authority in the name of Jesus to overcome anything. Anything. Oh, I feel your Holy Spirit. He called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them the authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every sickness and disease. Can I tell you today, some of you have been dealing with sickness for a long time. You come up at every altar call. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm glad you come up. But I can tell you, you don't have to live in sickness and disease day in and day out. God bore stripes on his back for your healing. Today, all you have to do is take the key, take authority over sickness in your life in the name of Jesus. And then guess what it has to do? It has to. It has to die. It has to die. It has to die. Matthew 10, 1, one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. And these, shine, these signs shall accompany those who believe. Are you ready? <laughs> in my name. They will cast out demons. They'll drive them out is actually what it says. It says they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. Mark 16, 17, and 18. He's given you the key. Now it's up to you to walk in freedom. You see, we don't have the shock collar on this morning. We don't have the shock collar. Some of us have been dealing, dealing. We don't have our boundaries in place in our mind, and we've been dealing with the lies of the enemy. We've been listening to the voice of the enemy. But I can tell you today, he's come, and he's saying, choose me. I've given you the key to take authority over every demonic attack on your life. Over every demonic attack. You don't have to live like you've been living. And I'm talking to Christians in the room. It breaks my heart when I see people that don't know how to be free in Jesus. 
But I'm here to tell you today, I've given you some keys and God wants to set you free. The word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. What that means is that when I rise, I read the word. When I go to bed at night and I just have that little lamp, it's like a lamp unto my feet, that little, that little thing. I need the word. I need him as I go throughout my, my day. I need him to speak to me. I need him to breathe in me what he's speaking. And, and, and listen, we don't live in the same kind of world that we used to live in. This world is crazy. You can't live without the presence of God. In fact, if he refused to exhale today, we'd all be dead. The word of God is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's here for you today. God has given you the authority to walk in freedom. You say, how do I walk in freedom from the demonic oppression or possession? Number one, come under the authority by submitting totally to God. Say it one more time. Come under authority by submitting totally to God. Number two, resist the devil by using the word of God in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. You notice he didn't just say, resist the devil, and he will flee. What's the first thing he said? He said, submit to God. I got to come unto submission. Resist the devil, and he will flee. It's easy. It's easy. Sometimes I think we make it so hard. And I'm not saying you don't go through hills and valleys. Listen, I've been delivered from fear. But sometimes fear tries to, to wreak its ugly head. That demon of fear will try to latch on to me and speak lies to me. And I have to come against it. And I'll remind him that he's under my feet in the name of Jesus. You have to speak out loud. Those of you that are trying to conquer the enemy by thinking it. The Bible says life and death is in the power of your tongue. That means I can choose to declare life or I can choose to declare death. Is what I'm saying lining up with the word or am I coming into agreement with what the enemy is saying? Come on, life and death is in the power of the tongue. I have to speak it. I have to say, fear, you come into submission to the Holy Spirit right now. I remember there was a time I couldn't even sleep through the night without feeling fear, fear, fear. And, and it, I don't believe that I was possessed. I love the Lord. But here's the thing. I believe I was oppressed. Yeah. Because every time I turned around, every time something would happen, I'd get into fear quickly. Quickly, I was like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. Nobody knew a lot of times what I was dealing with. And I remember it was a process. God began to teach me his word. He began to teach me his word. I didn't try. Sometimes when you look at the Bible, it can become overwhelming, Right? Oh, that's a lot of scripture. Man, I don't even know where to start. But listen, you start with one. Yeah. You start with one. That scripture in 1 John, it says, perfect love cast out all fear. That's all I needed to know. Was it here yet? No. But I would wake up in the middle of the night, and when I would feel, feel, feel fear come, try to say that three times. 
When I would feel the fear coming on me, I literally would say out loud, and my husband was snoring, like, <laughs> oblivious, just in another world. He can sleep anywhere. Not knowing the attack that was going on in me. And I, I remember out loud, I would say, and I, it'd be black in our room, like lights out, nobody knows, and I'd say, At first, I would think it. No, 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 no. That's not where my power is. My power comes out when I begin to speak it. And I laid in that bed, and I'd say, perfect love cast out all fear. Yes. Perfect love cast out all fear. Amen. And as I would say it, there became a strength and an authority. Perfect love cast out all fear. Perfect love cast out all fear. And before you know it, before you knew it, I mean, I began to walk in an authority. Listen, not my authority. The authority of the name of Jesus. The authority of the name of Jesus. Fear had to submit to the name of Jesus. Perfect love cast out all fear. Perfect love cast out all fear. And through a process of beginning to just declare the word in my house, when nobody was home, I would just turn my worship on and I just walk around perfect love cast out of you yes. perfect love I didn't feel necessarily the presence of the Lord with me or anything I just was quoting scripture perfect love cast out of you and I just began to declare that over my life and before you know it there would, there would be things that normally would trigger me normally they trigger me and I have to, to say no 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 I can't do that I'm not going can't do that it would push me away. I wouldn't be around certain things or go certain places. Perfect love cast out of here all at once. There was a boldness. There was a boldness and an authority that came onto my life. Because why? Because of the word of God and the declaring of who Jesus was. See, in Jesus, there's perfection. There's perfect love. You don't have to fear. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be angry anymore. I know it hurt. I know that there was a game. I know that that person hurt you. It hurt bad. There was betrayal. But the enemy doesn't have to rule and reign over your heart. <laughs> Today you're going to be set free. Today chains are going to be broken off of your life. You to stay all over the room. All over the room. The Holy Spirit is here. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Come on, just lift up your hands right now. All over the room. All over the room. All over the room. Father, we worship you. We worship you. Come on, just out of your mouth. Out of your mouth, begin to worship. Out of your mouth, begin to praise. Oh, you're a good father. You're a faithful God. Over 
feel oppressed. You feel like every time I get ready to take a step, I get pushed back. You feel like every time your marriage gets really good, something happens and you go back three steps. Come on, that is not just happenstance. That is a spirit that is against the destiny on your life. But today it's going to be broken in the name of Jesus. Do you believe it? Do you believe it?
But I can tell you today, if you'll push through the wilderness season, if you'll push through on the other side of the mountain, ha <laughs> oh, on the other side, there's life and life more abundantly. Can I tell you, there's hope for you today, and his name is Jesus. Come on, right now, lift up your arms, begin to confess.
scared of your voice. He's not scared of my voice. He's not scared of Bridge Church and what they're doing. He's scared of the name of Jesus. So when you take authority, you must, you must submit it to the name of Jesus. I had a friend, she said, I can't, I want to kick the devil out of my house. He's just causing all kinds of ruckus. I opened the door and told him to get out. I said, he didn't leave. Jesus over your situation right now. Sickness, 